The Bookthinger podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and the language of love. Rudy and Gabby join us for episode 67, recorded in Sydney. Bookthinger would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Australia's Indigenous people to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo Podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo Podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo Podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. For Valentine's Day last year, we asked you to tell us about your favourite romance novel, and it was epic. This year, the Bookthingo bloggers are keeping things much more low-key and intimate as we discuss some of our favourite demonstrations of love. And just a warning, this episode contains questionable understandings of pop psychology. You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 67. And if you're on Twitter, you can live tweet while listening to the show using the hashtag BTPod. Which of the five ones are you? I like to receive love letters or notes. Like you made this hugged. up anyway. Are they I even feel qualified? Like a bit stupid sometimes. Like I like to receive love letters or encouraging notes. I like to be. Hugged. Oh, I didn't like the Neither. questions. Like, I want someone to tell me to my things. face that I'm amazing. Yeah, but you're <laughs> I don't supposed want to choose. Note. Like, which one you prefer of those two options? Hugged. Which would you rather? They need to be more subtle. Well, these in terms are, this of the is, question. This is the free quiz, so probably well, we're expecting uh, a little bit too yeah. much. Yeah. So the actual where love languages as a concept comes from is that it's from a book from 1995 it's the five love languages how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate that sounds lovely so by gary chapman and it 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 outlines five ways to express and experience love by a man did you say yep I don't buy He's like it a either. psychologist or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't buy it either. But it's a good quiz. It's a fun quiz. It is fun. Um, it's not real. So, oh, he's a, yeah, he's a psychologist. And the examples are from, like, his counselling practice. So. Are we starting? Because I have to tell you what my love language was and how unimpressed I was with it. Wait, let me get it. I... What did you get? I can't remember. Is that's it my love language? Oh, because you wrote it down. That's a screenshot. Because no, I don't okay, remember yeah. at all. Because I want to change mine because I hate my love language. <laughs> I hate it. Also, sorry, I'm trying something it. different. Mine's pretty shit, summer. but anyway, yeah. I'll take it because I'm a good Catholic girl. Hi, I'm Kat. Hi, I'm Gabby. And I'm Rudy. It was my idea this episode. Gabby, tell us. What I've are contributed. We, what are we talking about today? Love language. And what they look like in romance and how heroes show their love for heroines and vice versa or heroines for heroines and heroes for heroes, depending on what. Main characters for f- main characters. That's much more actually gender so inclusive. different to what I thought we were going to talk <laughs> Can about. Can we get to the part where we talk about love language? Sure. Like we're getting to sure. that. And then it was um, floated that we should find out what our love language is. Yes. Because they're related. Right? Well, yeah, because I, I initially asked you, do you mean, like, sex scenes or do you... And I, said, I thought. Yeah, I said both. Or do you mean, like, actual, like, love language type thing where it's, like... Both. The thing that you do to show affection. Definitely both. Cool. 
And then we went and did a quiz, unofficial, yes. unpaid, probably dodgy, on what our love languages are. And again, I hate mine. Should we first do like what are the five? Because there are five, I and it even comes from yeah. I just googled a... it. I only found out that there were five just then. Oh, <laughs> I lied when I, I said did I did not. Research. I wasn't going to do the quiz five times to try and get different answers, so I don't know how to. What? Why would you do that? Yeah, that's what I normally do. You don't need to do the test no. five times to find out that no. you are one of five. Like you can just read what the five are. Oh, was it there? I don't know. I didn't even see it. Okay, so <laughs> not paying attention. The love oh, languages. No. Receiving gifts, yes. quality time, mm-hmm. words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. Let's go around the circle. What were your love languages? I'll go first. So mine was quality time. Oh, hers was a good one. That was Where, mine oh, and I hated it. <laughs> no, that was mine no, and but I hated it. I was going to ask because I wasn't sure what yours was, but I feel like... I feel like mine is accurate. Like, I, I wasn't particularly bothered, like, about sort of making judgment calls about whether it's a good love language. It didn't occur to me. But for me, that, that felt like an accurate one. Mine is acts of service, and I feel like it's completely inaccurate. Like, you give of but, yourself. But, like, you know, that kind but of it's... goes with my persona as a <laughs> good person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. But this is where I'm confused. The love languages are about how you receive love best or how you do love best. This is where actually doing some research would have helped. Thank you. Thank you for always (laughs) doing your job. So what it's about is that the way that you prefer to receive love is typically the way that you give love as well. You're supposed to kind of look at, like, how does your partner express their affection Yeah, this is why I don't believe cats. I receive love yeah. through acts of service. That's fine. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree I with that for Kat, definitely. Yeah. Thanks. No, I would say for you, it would be like, receiving <laughs> gifts. That's how you give love. <laughs> I just assume that there are people that are on a much love. higher tier of relationship to Kat who actually, like, she will do things for. Like where? And that she's like considerate of. I mean, I guess. But then the way she I talks about her husband. About, oh, yeah, I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> anyway. The reason why I didn't like mine is because I think I'm really clearly, I didn't know all five of them, but I was like, Mm. inside, I was like, I know there's a praise one. I know there's one that hinges on praise and receiving praise. Words of affirmation. Exactly. And that's the one that I should have Mm. received, but I don't know why I got quality type. I would have said touch for you. You're a very tactile person. Yeah, but that's like not don't pull faces the main one like i thrive on praise <laughs> like i thrive on it seriously that's how i feel should we be jumping in to tell you you're wonderful please <laughs> that's definitely fishing at the moment you're amazing it's really hot in here now that we're talking about this what? rudy do you, you said that quality time was accurate for you yeah i guess that's true I you love like spending time yeah. with people that you love so that's nice yeah i guess i really appreciate it when people have out time in their day for me and I I work pretty hard to do the same like it's yeah it felt like the right one of the five to say that that's my primary because you have a primary and a secondary but we didn't do this properly so we don't actually do it in relation to novels and romance because yeah, strangely I don't know that everyone particularly wants to 
hear us talk about our lives, our specific love language. Mm. So yeah, Kat, I hope but you did actually prepare. Which love language do you prefer to read about? Like which oh, ones of these question. would be the traits that you would be looking for in your main characters? Physical touch. Abby just wants dirty books. Well, I've just been reading heaps of erotica lately. You have. Mainly because you've been recommending me a lot of erotica. Thank you very much. I have. (laughs) I actually, yeah. And, like, seems like you brought it up. Because I I wrote down a few of, like, my faves. But I don't think that I was thinking about, like, what specific love language they connect to. I just was like, these are some examples of things that I love that are not necessarily sexual. Interesting. Actually, the first one that came to mind when I was thinking about it, it's an old school Tessa Dare and it's One Dance with a Duke. I don't know if either of you have read it. You'll have to describe it. Yeah, because like the that. title's not going to do it for either of us. Just watching like this blank face. <laughs> like we probably have read One it. Dance for a Duke. One Dance yeah. with a Duke or for um, a Duke? With. One Dance what, with. Is that a series book? Yes, it's a horse breeder. <laughs> Do you remember the clip that she did? Like the, the trailer. Stop Club. <laughs> it's that. Oh, it's shit. that series. I, I did read, read this. I did read mm. this. Yeah. That's a book that grew on me. But one of the things that I really love about it, they have like what seems to be incompatible love languages. Because mm. she, she's a nester kind of person and she likes to prepare meals and do all this like embroidery and do all these like beautiful kind of homey things. And he does not appear to appreciate it. But the one thing that he does appreciate and doesn't really tell her is that, like, he sees her embroidery as not just embroidery, it's art. So they get married really quickly. They kind of don't know each other at all. And there's, like, this thing that she's been embroidering, she's going to turn it into a seat cushion And he loses his shit and he's like, why do you keep trying to take these things that are like, that you've made that are so beautiful and trying to turn them into functional things when it's clearly art? And it just is, it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh. That's really nice. I love it. I do like that. I'm going to reread The Stud Club. I haven't read The Stud Club, so maybe that's going to kickstart my reading for the year. I do love Tessa Dare's books. So. It's really different style Tessa Dare. Like, this is before she started her Spindle Cove series, which went, like, way lighter. Like, if you're used to reading her more recent work, it's longer. Like, this one is longer, and it's it's a little bit of a different energy. Is it as fun? I don't think it's as fun. No, it's like, Spindle it's a little Cove bit more one. angsty. Oh, but I love mm. that. What? See, I enjoy Less the f- fun. I enjoy the fun historical romances, but typically I don't remember them. It's oh, okay. the angsty ones I remember. I don't. I mean, it's not full on angst. It's just, it's just, it's not Spindle Cove. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. This isn't even an original idea from me. When I first discovered Mina Esguera's work, I read a book of hers called My Imaginary X. So, you know, when you discover a new author, you kind of Google search them, you um, lurk around (laughs) Facebook conversations that have happened around their books. So I think it was actually Jennifer Halleck who commented because there was one of the one of the scenes in her. I've never done that, by the way. Like, I know, that's I was, I was I've never had. To all of this being uh, like, like no. we all like I thought she was gonna say glom the like backlist. All... I was like, yeah, I've glommed a backlist, but like stalking a Facebook conversation that related to a book, I've never done that in my entire life. We all have our ways of stalking but authors like, that we've discovered. I've never stalked we all have an our author own style. Well, oh, no, I, I don't have. mean I don't mean stalk. stalk. 
Anyway, so there's a scene towards the end. The hero and the heroine are graduating from university. And the heroine calls him because she's running late. Maybe this is why I like the scene. <laughs> she connects. She connects with it. I know exactly what she's going to talk about. Go on, finish This is, this is set in the Philippines, right? Yeah. She asks him where he was. And he says he's about 10 minutes away from the university, the graduation ceremony. And she's like, I haven't even left home. And he's like, what are you talking about? He actually offers to come pick her up. So he picks her up and then drives her back. And they make it like five minutes late or whatever. Um, and I think it was Jennifer Halleck who commented that, like, unless you are in the Philippines, you won't understand what a deep act of love that was to brave the traffic from university back to where she lived and then back around to university. Because, um, and I think she said something like, if that were her, that had been her husband, he would have told it to go and catch public transport or something, <laughs> catch a cab. And I even I didn't pick that up until I saw that comment. And then I was like, that changed that whole scene for me. Like really made me appreciate that this was a grand gesture. I just didn't pick it up the first time because I didn't have the cultural context around it. Yeah, and I, 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 I sometimes I think, like, when, when I read books that are not set in a familiar place or who have characters that do things that I'm not, like, have careers that I'm not familiar with, that, like, I, I kind of wonder what I'm missing. It's like Easter eggs that the mm. author gives to people who understand the characters deeply. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So sorry, Jen, for like stealing your idea and Mina for stalking you. Kat can really connect with that, I feel. I feel like that's something that you would really... Because it's late and stuck in traffic. No, yeah. I think pretty much my whole life. Yeah, being driven somewhere. (laughs) Not actually. Do you know what I mean? It's true as well. Yes, yes. I feel like that is nice. What are the other ones, please? Oh, okay. I like where this is going. We're just doing like my whole... Yes. Okay, so A Little Bit Wild by Victoria Dahl. The fact that Jude reads the book that Marissa was reading, even though she's really insistent that he wouldn't like it, he's like, oh, I still just want to know what you what you like. And so he reads, mm. and then he talks to her about it. That's so nice. I love mm. it. And is the book generally also good? For a second, I thought you meant, like, the book that he reads, and I was like, no, I no, don't no, know. No, it's I don't not, remember his reviews. This isn't, this isn't a Julia Quinn. Like, there's no <laughs> fake book written into the book. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's one of my favourite Victoria Dolls, but it's, it's historical, which she didn't do very many historicals, and this is the only one that I love. Oh, except for that, like, Wild West one, which is very I different. Harlot? I don't think... No, I couldn't cope with that. That was really distressing. It was, wasn't it? I couldn't get through Um, it. No, there's literally one called... Jane Doe? No. That's that's her writing as, like, for women's fiction. Oh, is it? I have not read it. So she's writing under a different name. Okay. She's like Helen Stone or something like that. Helen Stone. No, the, the Wicked West, which is a novella. It's BDSM erotica. Hmm. That's the book that her author character in Talk Me Down writes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so they cute they kind of connect to each other, but like. I like that. Um, I don't think I've read this book, though. A little bit wild. You have? Have I? Yeah. How do you and know? And let me, let me tell you why I <laughs> oh, know. Fuck. I was really sure. I was like, mm, yeah, never read this <laughs> Do you remember when we used to have a Tumblr where we would write reviews? <gasps> Yeah, I wrote a review for it and I gave it an A and you told me (laughs) that you didn't understand why I rated it so highly and you were really like, you talked me out of liking it for a 
good little while. Do you know I do that to a lot of people? I came back to it. Yeah, like it's been it's and been ages, and I've come back to it, and I realized that you were incredibly wrong, and that mm. like the reasons why you didn't like it is because you're like it was your internalized misogyny. <gasps> No, but that wasn't with historical romance. It was with that one, though. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I yeah. am proud to say that I'm not the reader that I was but let me, eight years ago, so I'll read so it So let again. me make your case for this book. And yes. Like, when I read it now, it f- is well ahead of its time. Like, it actually would fit quite comfortably in, like, the historical romances that are being released right now. Oh. In that, like... It's quite sex positive. It's um, it acknowledges the fact that the heroine, as an earl's sister, is actually quite capable of like of having sort of dalliances and getting away with it because like it'll all just be swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And so, really, her only kind of problem is that like she's possibly pregnant, and so. Her brother's friend, who is, like, the bastard son of a duke, steps up. And he's been in love with her for, like, forever. Okay, that sounds like a plot that I like. Yeah, and the other part about it is that he's this, like, big, brutish kind of... She sincerely considers him ugly. He's ugly. She considers him ugly. Is he actually ugly? Unclear, because it's read through her... Like, because you experience him through her eyes. And she comes to like she comes to change her mind, but like like she's quite spoiled and she kind of knows that she is as well. Mm. But she also is a little bit unrepentant about that. And the one time that like there is a there is a point where they kind of come to a head where she's sort of like, just because you like me doesn't mean that I have to like you. Oh, that's powerful. And it's this moment where he actually reflects and is like, actually, yeah, there's like she's under no obligation to like me back. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna read this. So I fucking love it. In my great reread of all these books. I was thinking about a different type of love language and it's in relation to my fave book and series Captive Prince and the Mm. love language that Damon, Damon's Mm. love language. Before I say what I think Damon's love language is, do you think that you would, what what do you think, Kat? What do you think his love language would be? My problem is I can't really remember, but I do. (laughs) But I'm mm. so super interested in what you have to say because C.S. Bacat writes, well, she writes everything really well, mm. but she writes, you know, that dialogue with like so much subtext mm. that you have to keep thinking about it to try to figure out whether you read what you thought you read, mm. you missed something. So I have no opinions, but I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> yours. Oh, I don't want to build what I'm going to say up too much, but it's just like a lot of Say, because I was saying that I was reading erotica, and so in erotica, a lot of the love language is physical touch, mm-hmm. but it's sexual. I think that Damon's love, love language is physical touch, but it's not sexual. Mm, actually, I do remember that bit. Because he touches Laurent very deliberately and in so many restrained ways because he's so limited in how much he can actually touch Laurent. Like, he's not allowed to hug Laurent. He's not allowed to kiss Laurent. He's going through the first two books completely constrained by this fact that he doesn't think Laurent knows who he is. So he's battling all of these, not just the desire to love him and make love to him, but to just touch him. And so there's a couple of scenes where he'll just, like, 
he touches the place where Laurent was hit, like I think on his face or like he was punched in the face and then he just like cups his face and it's just like, like everything just hinges on that moment and it's so beautiful. And I think that C.S. Picat is probably one of the only authors who could do physical touch as a love language that's not sexual and do it really, 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 really well and like, not leave you wanting more. Like deeply affectionate. Mm. Mm. Like caring. It's caring. That's, yes, that's the word. Mm. Which I think is really beautiful. Because as sexy as I find those books, I think that they're, they're so understated. But, and, and there's, um, there's a lot of layers in that as well. Mm. Because the slaves get touched against their will. And there's a lot of sexual violence that happens to uh, some of the other characters. So that whole, like, juxtaposition yes. <laughs> it's just it's like that that moment in the book where you just like have a quiet moment mm. with the characters and it's like very intimate with the reader as well mm. lovely now i want to read it again yeah same but i always want to read it when i talk about it because i think the first time that like because there's that scene which is really intense where laurent is directing a slave to give damon head and it's just like this this isn't love. This is hate. And it's so intense and it's so visceral. And But they just stare at each other and there's just that kind of moment of connection and you know that's going to be superseded by actual, like, touching, not this simulated false falsehood of what, of what they think they are. <sighs> but it's also that awful choice to not make that sexual between them mm. because it's an, act, it's an act of violence. Mm. I could see in a different story, a different author might choose to make that like this is like a pseudo sexual encounter between the two of them. But I think C.S. Pacat had a, had very clear ideas in when she was writing this book on consent and what what is an act of love mm. versus an act of power. Yeah. So I think that comes out really really well. I know I'm going to cop shit from you guys because you don't read them and you don't particularly like them, but... This is a motorcycle club book. Nope. Um, Paranormal. Stop guessing. <laughs> I like guessing games. <laughs> um, Rock Hard by Nalini Singh. Oh, I, is that the first one? I have read them, but I don't like them. You are correct. No, I didn't like them as much, no. They're not... It wasn't... That's the librarian one you're going to talk about. It's not the librarian oh, one, okay. no. It's the librarian's friend. <laughs> Hang on, which book is this in the series? Okay, so this is the one that's like, it's sort of in a weird space in that it is technically part of the Rockstar series that she did, but it's about the heroine's friend from the first book. And so... Is this the one that spins off to a different series? Like, it's yes. related to both? It's related to both. It, this is like your kind of gateway between the two series that are set in, like, contemporary New Zealand. And I particularly like this one. So it's Gabe and Charlie. Basically, he, like, he knows that she likes to cook. He is not someone who cooks at all. And he says to her, like, he, he kind of asks her to come over and help teach him how to make this pasta. I want to say lasagna, but I think that's just... Because I like lasagna. 
I don't remember this at all. I definitely have read this. I haven't read this. He invites her over to help him cook and, like, teach him how to make this meal. And what she doesn't realise is that literally until this moment he's never actually owned, like, full-on awesome cooking stuff. And he'd asked his mum to go and buy a whole bunch of, like, the best cooking things ever. And so his kitchen is all kind of fit out in all these, like, yeah, all these, like, things that she definitely is interested in, gets her all kind of comfortable being in his space. And I think it's really lovely. But it depends on what brand of Touché, if he gets her a stand like... mixer, that's not KitchenAid. That would be shit. Well, see, the Kenwood is okay, No, too. it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It's, it's more not. powerful. You need to leave. <laughs> There right. is no stand mixer. Number one, we're not we're not going to like up any of these companies until they start paying us. Please, give me. <laughs> Number two, this is written by Nalini Singh, not fucking J.R. Ward. She's not dropping name brands <laughs> everywhere. It's I don't know. I feel like cooking items are very personal to me. If I love to cook, so there are certain types of baking pans that I prefer. So that is a big risk on his part, I feel. Buying, like, did he ask his mum or her mum? His mum. Objectively, that's a sweet, those are sweet things to include in a romance. I just realised that as you're saying, as you're saying these things and going through these stories, it's been so long since I've read a story that doesn't involve just sex as a love language. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of that Joey W. Hill Mermaid book where... His love language was because she was half mermaid, half angel. And Is that the one that became a bed? <laughs> That's the first one. Oh, no, okay. this one's like the fourth. And he's like Satan and she's half angel, half mermaid. And yes, that means she has wings and a mermaid's tail and she flies with the tail. Isn't okay. that weird? Yeah, Sorry, what? She flies weird. with the tail. Like she has a tail, like a mermaid's tail, and she's flying with But does her she wings. swim with the wings? Yeah. She's half half. Now I know what she you mean. She doesn't fly with her tail like wagging, no, no, but no, her tail swing. is there as her wings are flapping. Because <laughs> I was about to say that's actions. what I thought. I yeah, thought no. you were trying to say no, no, that no. she like flaps her tail and that's how she flies, even no. though she's got wings. But and should I, I tell like, you what why? Satan's yeah, love no, language was? Satan's love language was being mindful to after he had anal sex with her to be like, I can vaginally penetrate you now. Because there's no such thing as disease in our world. Is that a love language, though? <laughs> it's pretty romantic, wasn't it? What? Explain Just, the romance I want to wipe again? that image from my brain. Listen. Um, Do you have other books? Yeah. Just the other night, I reread a Rose Lerner book. Which one? A Taste of Honey, which is the one about the, the confectioner. That sounds sexy. And um, why have I not read that? I don't know. Oh, because it's a novella. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to download um, it. So he's a confectioner and Betsy is the shop girl and they both have been kind of in love with each other for a little while. But he's kind of on the brink of debt and so he's not really in a position to marry anybody. But Betsy has kind of independently come up with this plan for herself that she's She's going to make her move, and if nothing kind of happens within the next week, she is going to just have to give up on him. But they have this really beautiful moment where they're, they're kind of talking, and she and Betsy apologizes for being dull. And, um, and Robert says, you're cheerful to everyone. I'm glad you can be dull with me. 
Oh my god. That's pretty cute. It is. Is she actually dull? No, she just means that she's having like a bit of a sad moment. Oh, okay, good. Because I was like, and she's oh. being like, she's being a bit of a downer, and he's like, "That's okay. Oh, that's cute. I'm glad that you actually feel like you can be." That's very real. It is because a lot of the times the love acts that we're reading aren't organic. They're kind of very dramatic and big and like not going to be replicated in real life at all. Not that we would want them to be. Whereas, like, this, like, this is the kind of romance that I I would like in real life. Yeah. Where, like, you're allowed to be, yeah, like, you're allowed to be boring and sad. Yeah, that's really cute. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, I love that one. That's, yeah. A Taste of Honey by Rose Lerner. I'm going to read that, even though it's a novella. I think you'd like it. Mm. It's got things that I like. Candy. It does. Kitchens. Yeah. Love. Oh, there's some questionable um, hygiene. Yeah, fucking. There's one one moment. It's like the rest is fine. It's like when you read about dance, like you can't handle it. Like I don't want to read about you having sex on a bench where you make food. I mean, I don't want to read about me having sex on a bench where I make food either. But like, (laughs) it's like we've spoken about how you need to sanitize that. But where's your where's your no? I can't suspend my disbelief for this. Hers is tech things. Tech things. It's computery things. Priests. Hackers. Too. Hackers and priests. Hack- hackers. Yeah. yeah. Specifically you know? hackers and priests. I'm going to hack into the mainframe. <laughs> Do you hate that? Does that make you cringe? I'm going to hack. It like, it's like two people using one keyboard and like one <laughs> monitor and they're typing really fast because that's how you hack. Do you type when you hack or do you use a mouse? <laughs> so I'm making people think that I'm, a ha- I'm actually not. <laughs> I'm not. Cats are criminal. Mm. Yeah, so the kitchen's no. It's a no. But I'll still read it because I love Rose Lerner. <laughs> I do. I love Rose Lerner. So it's not a deal breaker then. But it's I don't just... Like, what the... is it? I don't think I have lots of deal breakers. Kids. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Fuck, kids are my deal breaker. I'm so sorry to all mums out there. But kids are my deal breaker. Like, what was I reading? What? Who's, which Molly one? O'Keefe. Molly O'Keefe. I was reading the first in that duet called... Bad Neighbour. Bad Neighbour. Is this the one where we had a debate on whether or not no. uh, duology is a romance? No. Okay. Anyway, I went to read this other one called, like, Bets or something. All Bets. Good Bets. Something. No, it's, like... <laughs> one of a kind. <laughs> it literally has baby in the title. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's, like, baby come back or something. Ah, uh, okay, that kind of baby. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, I went to read it. I knew she was pregnant because yeah. it was leading to that. Because it's in the first book, yes. But then there was a baby on the cover and I was like, no, I'm not going to read this. I'm not going to read it. it. has a baby on the cover. I don't want to read about it. Because I just thought the baby would be inside her the entire time until maybe we got to the last page. <laughs> and then it would be like, oh, she's on like her bed and she's giving birth. And then... You can she- skip the epilogue where she and then they- birth. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, I love you. And that's the love declaration. And I don't have to deal with the baby. But no, she gives birth halfway through or something. Or probably early on. I feel like that would make more narrative sense if he's on the cover. This child. No... Towards the end? I think it's towards the end. Okay, but still, that's... So can I talk about children in books for a sec? So I like children in books, but now that I have my own children, 
I'm more sensitive to the fact that romance actually perpetuates a very narrow view of what good parenting looks like. And it's really annoying. Like what? Um, because as not a mum, I like there are very few books with children where you really get a sense that it's hard to have children other than the fact that it you know it requires a lot of time but like it's actually emotionally difficult to have children and there are like depending on your personality before you had children not everyone copes with parenthood in the same way and I just feel like the way we portray children especially young children and the way that they're parented in romance is there's only a very narrow way that we seem to find parenting, we seem to have for acceptable parenting. I feel like, number one, you need to have this conversation with, like, at least one other mom. Yeah. Possibly. Like, that's I think, why I've, as not a mom. That's why I brought I, it up here, right? Because then I'll be like, I have she's the, the authority. She's the yes. voice of authority. Because the whole time you were talking, all I could think was... That sounds so boring. But it is boring. It is boring. You no, never get, I mean, like, I mean, like. The topic? The, yes. <laughs> no, uh, Rudy, you're so mean. Her I language is not so affirmations. No, no, it's not. You're definitely, definitely not, not affirmations. I'm about affirmations. <laughs> anyway, it's okay, Kat. That wasn't that boring. <laughs> Listen. I just am like, I, I don't want to hear about how hard it is to be a mom. And I oh, also but it don't doesn't wanna... even have to be that. Like, I just, it's just like one type of like, person can be a good parent like it's just yeah, frustrating and annoying but i like, know what you mean yeah because also i mean like oh, fuck, i don't I, I don't feel good saying this but like god that rafe book bored me oh, Which is I, don't, book. I don't even want to nanny romances are a no-go for me like I'm... who's the nanny the guy like the, the hero guy. usually because oh. i feel like I, I i don't think i've ever read one where it's the heroine because i feel like the power dynamic is a bit off there yeah it's all unless but it's, it's also it's very like cliche Oh, and it's, it's like Nanny Diaries. But it's also a bit tawdry no, in a but sense. I think, like I think it has a tawdry kind of aspect to it. I think it. in the older Mills and Boo, you probably find a few more of those. I stand by tawdry. Yeah. Well, my, wow, my so key. judgy. That's I'm not weird. saying that Mills and Boone is tawdry. I'm saying that they love a tawdry plot. Oh, okay, right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like secretaries. Yes. Stable girls. Sister of the dead Travelling pants. Yeah. <laughs> Travelling pants. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. That's just what came to mind when you said sisters. Okay. So Rafe by Rebecca Weatherspoon, which has been getting really, really good reviews, and I can understand why people like it. Like, I feel like it does tick a lot of boxes. Like, he's incredibly attractive, and he defies all of these stereotypes of what a male nanny should be. He's really alpha. Or just, like, what a... What like a man who loves kids looks after kids? Yeah, be. exactly. So he's really mask. He's got big beard, tattoos, rides a motorcycle, but then is going to sit down and paint your daughter's nails and attempt to braid her hair at the same time. Like, it's cute, but it's also just is that the, what the oh, romance it's, it's is about? Like the the nanny and the mom. <laughs> What's the conflict? Like, what is it? There's no the conflict. nanny and she's oh, the mom. Okay. But then the problem is this. Oh, no, I think the actual, a big part of the appeal of the book is that it's low conflict. 
Okay, um, yeah. Like, that's genuinely one of the big things I'm that people like about it. And is that part of the thing, part of the reasons why we didn't connect with it? Yeah. Because, well, for me it was. Yeah, I get that. Because I, uh, I prefer, like, super high tension. And there needs to be a reason as to why the story's happening, as to why they're not going to be together. And I think that's why this conversation actually does fit in so well. Yeah, when you don't get that, it's kind of like, mm, I'll watch a TV episode of you. Yeah. I need that, like, oh, my God. Yeah. That, those oh, my God tension moments where you just can't, like, you almost can't bear to read the book because it's just so tense. But is that why old school romances have, like, stick with me more than any? I think for me definitely that's Because it. they have that big miz, all the things that we say that we hate, but they're the things oh, that are but, most memorable. Well, I don't really hate the big miz unless it's, like, I just feel like you, you can't draw it out past where it's, um, unreasonable yeah yeah and i'm willing to suspend belief and and drag it on a little bit but a the payoff has to be w- worth it but b you can't have it like at the beginning of the book and then drag it out for the rest of the book mm. and put stuff in there to like artificially prolong the agony you know what i mean that's why i couldn't get through the second beard science book <laughs> So I'll call me the first one no, the in that second, series. The oh, second, because I read the first one, and that was Dwayne. Was it Dwayne? I think it was Dwayne's book. They're, I read them out of order. You they did. are I, interchangeable me to me, and I um, probably do the same thing. I'm, I'm like, all of them are beard something or mustache something. It's the one. So unappealing. No, there's no mustaches. It's the one with the um, really hot Latina actress. She's really sexy, and I was super into Oh, Jethro and yes. Serena. Celine. Grin and Bearded there by you Penny Reed. Okay, so that one... I, these, I got 20% in. Are the puns painful for you? Oh, I hate them so much. Also, I don't get beard science. Weird science. It's like an 80s it. Oh, Is it? Yeah. I think I think. Because I didn't see that there was science in that. Oh, she's a scientist. Mm, I mean, yeah, she she loves science. And, and she teaches science through cooking because I'm going to teach you how to use. Oh, she taught fluorescence, like, through cooking. I just thought that was real. Where are you? Are you laughing? I couldn't see you. I didn't know where you went. It scared me. Um, she taught fluorescence through. Anyway, we spoke about this. It'll come up in our review. Are we going to do a drilling review of that? You didn't finish telling me about it. I did. Okay. You know what? Can we write it up and then I'll add to it. You'll have to post haste. There's not enough detail, isn't there? Okay. No, there's I'll not enough that. conversation. All right. I have like standards about the thing. Like you don't necessarily because I've started and not finished like four different. What are, I can't say the word. Dueling. No, but like, yes. Oh, a polycystic, epistolic, epistolic. Epistolic. Yes. Epistolary. Sure. I've started and not finished a bunch of them. Okay. We'll, we'll figure so, it like, out. But it's, it's always because your texts peter off and then I'm like... <laughs> Because there's these books point. aren't gripping me. Because yeah, there's the a point at which you... I feel like I'm bullying you by, like, keep no, asking you keep, about whether you... you should keep asking me. But also, I do need some time to gather my thoughts, I think. Okay. And maybe but texting is my best accurate? medium. Like, does it no. sound... Oh, so it's not like... It, it, science not... is not, like, the heart of the book. No, which but is why the it's... name is dumb. But even if it's... Didn't you say she was doing, like, baking science? No, 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 but it's not baking science. If it was baking science... She's a, she's a, she's baker. a baker. But that's the You thing would hate it. 
But that's the thing, Rudy. Like, I love... Nothing I, love... I have heard about this book so far has any appeal to me But I told her she teach them fluorescents? How does she teach them? What does she, she uses, get them to write? Doesn't and... she use, like... <laughs> dish soap Food colour? I don't know. No, it's not even... No, it's, it's something, something that's, like, translucent and they... Bananas. And they... No, fuck off. Um, <laughs> she's the banana cake what queen. It's do? so sad. She should just um, take them down to the south coast and watch is the... Is it, is it like, lard? Maybe yeah. it's lard. It's... it's it, in my no, head, it's, it's not lard. lard. It's probably not. But the thing that... I don't know. I'm not a scientist baker. She doesn't teach them about baking science. She teaches them real science. But using things in her kitchen. But that's stupid. It is stupid. Thank you for agreeing with me. It's like a hundred percent stupid. That was the sound of us high fiving. You better keep that in. Also, there are ways to teach science that don't involve that much work. Like she's you know not what I mean? A science teacher, is everywhere. Though. Oh, so why is she teaching? Because stuff? she's really it's passionate the... about science. The science <laughs> part is I'm pretty sure she added that. Penny Reed added that because she was like, shit, I've called it beard science and there's no science in this. It actually never occurred to me to question the title. Well now. <laughs> Having, having I, anything I to do with the actual book. The whole thing was about science. Okay. We diverged so much. Do you want to hear my last one? Oh, can I? I was about to talk oh, about... Oh, go on then. I hadn't finished. Grin and Beard It. Grin and Beard It was, like, I'm 20% in and I think the whole thing is going to hinge on the fact, or maybe it doesn't, but she hasn't told him who she is yet and that really annoys me because he thinks she's just this hot chick from the town or whatever. And who is she really? She's a famous actress. I don't mind that so much. I hate that. I hate I relationships really... that are built on lies. I love that. <laughs> does this reflect something about us? Probably. Cuz like, it say? oh, I mean because like it is really fun to watch it all fall apart and like that big angsty I, moment. I just it makes love that whole feel, oh scene. Well, it kind of does, but I love that. I love feeling kind of like, I might throw up, but, but it's also not, I'm really thrilled. It's not like a conflict which is, I don't know, like, what's another type of conflict which I'm super into? Like, I don't know, maybe he loves her too much. <laughs> is, is that something that's ever an issue? What's well, a, I can't even remember any book that I've ever read now that I'm thinking. What's a book that I read? Okay, my first ever romance novel, Until You, by Judith McNaught with Stephen David Elliott Westmoreland. He, like, their whole thing was that she had amnesia. And that was great. That's great. Like, if she can't control that he didn't know who she was, that's fine. Because she's had hardship. But did she have a reason not to tell him? I guess that amnesia. would be the sticking point. No, 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 no. This, this, this <laughs> science book. What is it? Grin, Grin and, and bear. bear. No, because it was Beard annoying. It. Because every time she went to tell him something like a plane flew overhead or she See, sneezed that, at the same time. To me, time. that's a comedy thing, Exactly, right? which I hate. Yeah, and it's not funny. I would not like that. It's not funny. The whole series is rom-com. And it's not funny. So it's failed as a series. <laughs> I'm thinking of planes flying overhead. It doesn't translate very well to read uh, to, to a book. I made up the plane thing. The plane oh thing. Oh, my God. I'm so confused. <laughs> What she, was, she was being facetious. I was being facetious. But it was something like she had like, she said that she wrote the movie, not oh, not that, that she's she started. Which it. she's written it as well, but it's like just don't. But did she have a good reason? Like I feel like if you have a good reason for it, I think it'd be fine to me. she's been burned before. What, in and she's love? Trying to, yeah, and then she's trying mm. to maintain a low profile in this town. She said her name was Sarah. So what we should do is retake. Oh, you've got another one. I do have another one. Oh my god, she was thinking while we were talking. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> well, because half the books that you were talking about, I hadn't actually read. Okay, so this one is from 
uh, Pride and Prejudice by... Jane Austen? No, 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 no. <laughs> is, is there more to the title Sorry. than Pride and okay, Prejudice? Okay, let me start again. Because I'm pretty sure that <laughs> is Jane Austen. <laughs> I forgot the author's name. Hang on. So this one is from a book called Prep and Prejudice. Oh, that makes a oh, lot of sense. <laughs> by Miran B. Flores. So let me just... So this one, I really love this. I'm going to read out. It takes a while for her to notice it, but he stops calling her Raggedy Andy because he used to tease her by calling her names. Actually, he stops calling her anything, never says her name, hardly addresses her. When he does, it's like he's talking to the air, the space beside her or behind her. It's not a stretch to call him polite, though blank would be a better word. And then later on she goes, She stands there on the sidewalk, her toes burning in the sun, feeling like she's been abruptly dismissed or something. Disregarded. My God. He annoys me when he speaks to me. He annoys me when he doesn't. How annoying. So this whole thing of, like, he was always in her space, in her face, and she had a crush on, like, one of his other friends. And so she just found him so irritating. Like, why are you always in my business? Um, And there were reasons, like, that are revealed later in the book. But then eventually, like, she basically... She basically tells him, I don't like you as a person. Like, you're you're a privileged brat and, like, you basically re- represent everything I hate about sort of high society culture. So then he kind of pulls back and, I guess, respects her boundaries and then he she feels bereft because now he's talking to her as though she's nobody, like, just generic friend. And so I love that whole, the way that the language he uses and the way he communicates with her becomes part of this her like angst about what she feels about him are they on on like are are they on holiday who these people are they at a resort working it's complicated because it's a resort but he's like a really rich kid but he's working in the kitchen isn't he a chef yes but she doesn't know it she doesn't know that he's the chef and he's doing all the food no she knows not at first at first she thinks he's lazy and he's just there and then she realizes that okay. no, he's working really hard. You're making me like I, I don't remember. Oh my god, <laughs> have you read this? No, I think I've read. I it. I have it, but I haven't. I haven't read Pretty it. Sure you'll it. know you've read it because you'll know what his best friend did. Yeah, I did. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Nice. And I liked that. I, I know I can actually connect with what you're saying because I do like the fact that she likes that she 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 doesn't like that she's not in his attention or notice any, anymore. It's a bit fucked. If you really think about it. Well, yeah. It's like, would she prefer to be teased than... Well, she doesn't doesn't want to like him back, but she wants him to like her. Yeah. But I think it's that thing of um, if the author gives you enough subtle clues that there's some sort of sexual tension between them that's unacknowledged, then it's okay, which I was totally into. I Mm. I love this hero. He was, like, such a dickhead in the beginning, and you could, like privilege just reeked out of him but it worked for me because the heroine was always like this is disgusting like i can't believe you people live like this even though she was part of the group sort of by friendship you know when books are doing like an homage to pride and prejudice like do you feel like sometimes you're doing a little bit of the work for them because of the source text. Like you just like you let them get you let things slide a little no. bit. Are you more? You're not more because I totally forgot that that was even based on Pride and Prejudice. I, I think this one was a very loose sort of parallel. It, yeah, it didn't follow the book in the same way that many others 
many like other what? adaptations. What are you thinking of? But also for me, no, I, don't re- I don't remember half oh. the Pride and Prejudice plot. <laughs> so... Fucking hell! Like I don't remember. Any I only book, I only I know from Pride like the movies and the BBC show. Like and it's all muddled in have my brain. Have you even read Pride and Prejudice? I have read. It. Sure? I studied it for like year eleven. For year. <laughs> no, because I was I was like I mean you know and you make the connections and whatever and um the best friend is Wickham and like oh yes yeah I didn't even realize I mean obviously but like the reason I was asking is like when you were saying you know he's all like haughty and cold and whatever. And that, like, some of the charm... I, I always wonder if some of the charm of that is because I know that that's Darcy and that it will change. Mm. And that and that also something else is happening under it all. Yeah, so I wasn't even thinking of Pride and Prejudice when I read the book. It's called Prep and Prejudice. I know, but How it doesn't matter. Not in your Same, but I didn't even think of it. But, like, okay. titles, I just... You know, titles in romance don't Except always have science. anything. <laughs> and then when he was, when he was, like... Oh, sorry, when she was yelling at him and all I wanted to do was, like, verb uh, Elizabeth Bennet. Like, I wanted to be like, oh, she Elizabeth Elizabeth Bennetted him. <laughs> I like that as a verb. I do. I want to do, do that. I do pay. But then I feel like, isn't that... Isn't that most romance novels? Aren't ro- most romance novels you're reading and you're like, oh, he's going to be a dick to her, but it's going to be... Yes, because marrying Winterbourne absolutely only works if you do the work for Claypass. Yeah, maybe that's why it didn't work for me, because yeah. I'm a lazy reader. Do you think as we have But it's read, also a shit book. As Sorry. we have become more experienced readers, I guess, like, i.e. we've read a lot of books in the genre, do you resent doing that work more and more? Or are you still happy to do it for, like, favourite authors or if the writing is really good? Like, if the writing style is really good? C.S. Cat, for example, would you do that work? I mean, C.S. Cat, I know, I wouldn't think ask she us would to do that us. work. She wouldn't ask you yeah. to do anything. But I but would totally do that work I feel her. like it's part and parcel of good writing. I feel if you are reading someone who is a really good author or who's a really good writer, you don't need to do that work. It's not like you're not doing any critical thinking or interpreting or understanding but it's like you're not trying to make the story more dynamic than it is because the story's already good enough i genuinely don't know like i think i think that i probably i give passes to books that don't deserve them so and many I- fucking passes yeah. rudy <laughs> like you just need to admit when a book is shit like have you like rape is literally one do. of the only books that you've said recently that you didn't like Yesterday, yesterday, day before, I said something to Gabby and she told me that it's the worst opinion I've ever I did say that. I said it was like, oh, like the, the most wrong it's you've the ever been. It's the most wrong I've Except ever been. Then after I said that, I remembered marrying Winterbourne and I was like, no, nah, that's a lie. That's because- what I meant. I, that's why I was like, I've definitely had worse opinions than this. I've had more wrong opinions than this. I can't this. believe you thought marrying Winterbourne was actually a good book. I continue to think it's a good book. It is. Have you read Marrying Winterbourne? No. Please no. read it, Kat, because no, I feel like you need to put myself But you need that. to be the decider between whether or not Rudy is right or I'm right. Let's think uh, about his I love language. What did he do? Bought her shit. What did she no. do? Oh, do you know what their love language thing, though, is? Being you know in how love she... after a second? Not you know having how... any depth? Because <laughs> it's Being kinda... stupid? <laughs> you know how she gives him the orchid? And he insists he is absolutely sure that it's a test and that he has to look after it to prove that he can look after her. And then they break the engagement and he goes to give it back to her. And he's like, he's all grouchy and is all like, see, you thought I couldn't look after this orc and I could. And she's like, it's 
it's a fucking flower, dude. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> well, I guess they would have known. I like that. She's like, a, she goes, I, I actually genuinely expected you to kill it. But I like it and did I thought you would like that, it. Though? She did Yeah, she says it quite clearly. The only She's thought really she had like, in her mind was, I'm nothing but a beige wisp. That's literally <laughs> what she was. She was so beige. She was the beigest heroine I've a ever beige, read. A beige wisp. She was like a fucking cloud, except clouds are like a poor love language. Don't love it at all. <laughs> I feel like I read romance novels for the moments. Like, not yeah, necessarily. That's fair. I like that too. Like, there are. I, I'm reading for those times where I can just kind of stop and put the book down and just be like, oh my God. Like, just for half a second, just like. And then pick it up again. Really and also nice. if I cry. But like. <laughs> Gabby, I like I crying sadist. in romance. But like, too, I do. I no, do. what's the one that we feel want, feel pain for yourself? Um, masochist. Masochist. You're a masochist. A little bit. An emotional masochist. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm dead inside. <laughs> That's Kat, not you. Maybe you're both dead we inside. Both are. I've, been, I've been dead inside longer than she has. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> so sad. I've been wearing that badge for longer. But, like, yeah, like, I like that sort of stuff, which is why I'm, like, quality time is my thing, like, because mm. it's people noticing and doing... Being with. Yes, being present, being emotionally and mentally present with mm. you. That's why you have a really good memory. <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember all these moments. Because I'm emotionally present Whereas with you guys I have always. An, I think I have an emotional memory. Like, I remember what I feel, but I don't remember the stuff. <laughs> Actually, yes. Oh my do god, you know I mean? yes. So, what do you remember? If it's not nothing. emotions, what's your? <laughs> I remember nothing. I've got Blank a heart slate. of stone. I do. Food. I do. I do. Food. food. You remember food. That's all we have time for in this episode. Shout out to our audio producer, Rudy Bremer. Each episode she produces for Book Thingo always feels like an act of love. You can find the show notes for episode 67 at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners like you find the show. Or you can get creative like Bench Bites on Instagram, who recently made himself a book bingo inspired by our anniversary episode. He told us, my fave apps are those with Kat, Rudy and Gabby because they're absolutely hilarious. I also love it when their guests are people I know. He added that he feels called out when we talk about romance books that are on his TBR. Sorry, Ben, but also it's for your own good. In the next episode, I head back to RWA 2018 with category romance author Melanie Milburn for a frank discussion on how we reconcile our feminism with some of the more problematic tropes in our genre. In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading.